Dun, 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 dun. Hi everyone, I'm Spencer and this is Conversation with My Dad, a conversation post the game of Utah Jazz. And uh, I am Barry, the dad, with this after the game, fourth episode, May 12th, 2021 with Spencer. So tonight, uh, this will be our fourth episode, as I mentioned, so fourth Jazz game, um, two and two, I think, in our uh podcast journey here after the game but a tough <laughs> loss tonight with uh, the Utah Jazz ending up losing to this spirited Portland Trailblazers by a final of 105 to 98 in Utah the final home game for the Utah Jazz and possibly without looking at all the stats the worst shooting night yeah. of the Jazz season yeah that's no I mean We'd have to really see the stats on that one, but they did not shoot well at all. And that was the big reason why they lost for sure. Because if you look at the where, I mean, Portland's ending up right now, um, they are currently sitting at, what place is it? Fifth place? I think they're in sixth place just ahead of the Lakers. And this really helps right. them, right? That This somewhat solidifies that sixth spot as they fight to stay out of the play-in. So if they can right. if, if go the Lakers Phoenix tomorrow night, the Lakers are going to end up winning. Yeah. So the Lakers will be a half. Well, I don't know about that. The game's getting close as our podcast goes along. We'll check in on that. But the, the Portland Trailblazers had, well, both teams had a lot to play for tonight, but I think Portland a little bit more and they have a healthy roster and they tightened it up and only played eight players tonight. Yeah. Interesting. So, so the, the the reason the reason why the Jazz kind of lost this one was mainly because of the shooting. I think, I mean, no one except for probably Clarkson kind of got a rhythm. Bogey has had a couple really good games in a row. Um, his game tonight was pretty was okay. It was pretty good. Nothing really too much to complain about. Or I'd even say he played a good game, but not compared to the last three games or four games that he's had. Um, I, I think the Trailblazers are number two in offense. They're number two in the league in scoring or something like that. So we knew that they were going to be coming out. I mean, they got Mello, McCollum, they got Lillard, obviously, some of the best scorers right now. And so we knew they're going to come out. And I guess the Jazz held them to 10. I think it was 105, right? Yeah, it wasn't a too fast-paced game. And you can say they held them to 105 or the Jazz just were bad as well. Both teams actually didn't shoot that well. I understand what you're saying about bogey. It's not a bad night, but maybe it was. He was 0 for 5 from 3, 5 yeah. for 14 overall, only 12 points. And when you're averaging, I don't know, 25, 26 a game over the last eight games and to only score 12, that was what, – what was interesting about Bogey is he kind of went back to that, I'm going to drive down the lane and get the ball stripped from me. There must have been yeah, three or four strips on Bogey. I think during the game or near the end, I sent you a note and uh, – the Blazers, I think, only turned it over maybe four times tonight. That's yeah, they didn't five, turn it over at all in the third quarter. And that's just a um, that's just a sign of great guard play from Lillard and McCullough, who McCullough, who had, you know, you look at, I mean, we'll stay on the Jazz a little bit, but McCullough had 26 and Lillard had 30, so they scored 56 of their teams, 105. And staying, I guess, really quickly on the Blazers, just one thought here. Carmelo Anthony had 18 points tonight. He averages 13 and a half. So it wasn't too much more than his average, but it, it was more. This guy now is the 10th 
uh, scorer of all time in NBA history. So you're wow. playing against a guy who has scored in the top 10 points in the NBA. And then you're playing against a perennial all-star now in Damian Lillard and against a two guard in McCollum who can just light you up at any point in time. A tough team, a team the Jazz would get in a series. I think we'd win the best of seven against this team with a healthy roster, but boy, these guys are really good. Yeah, I think it's, uh, I think it came in today that Mitchell will be out for the rest of the regular season. So it's, it was hard not having him tonight, but um, I mean, overall, it was just, just a poor shooting effort from the Jazz. And um, I mean, McCollum and, and Lillard, I think they usually average about 50 points between the two of them. And that really came through tonight. It was kind of a, a choppy game. I don't, I don't really know how to describe it super well. But at the beginning, the Jazz had a, had a quick lead. I think they might have even gone up by 10 or so. Yeah, I think they're up 12, 16 to 4 early on. Yeah, and it looked good. I mean, it looked like, I mean, being back at home feels good and the energy was there. But then it just, it almost seemed like, I want to say they got comfortable, but they just kind of felt like, okay, like we got our rhythm, the game's over. But it was only the first quarter. And then... <laughs> Obviously, basketball is a game of runs, so then Trailblazers came right back at them, and and the Jazz didn't really know how to respond. They all looked really tired. It didn't really look like they wanted much to do with um, with uh, taking care of the ball or, or or making shots. So, I mean, when you when you shoot that poorly, it could just be exhaustion and just the legs aren't there. But because they had open. Yeah. yeah, a a few things, um, and you said this during the game as well as we were chatting. Um, the 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 game caught up tonight with Trent Forrest. So he's had yeah. a series of good games and he's been serviceable off the bench in the stretch without Mitchell and Conley. And tonight, unfortunately, Forrest just was outplayed on both sides of the floor. I saw him got beat to the hoop by Lillard a couple of times, which is hard to guard for anybody, but a rookie. He went one for nine tonight <laughs> and one for four from three. And your comment was, the, the the Blazers would it was almost like five on four yep. um, because they would just double team everybody and just let Forrest go wherever he wanted to go on outside the three point line and just dare him to shoot and quite frankly it worked yeah. again one for four from three but one for nine from the field not saying it was his fault Bogey should have scored another ten points for more than he scored and for sure and yet. Forrest was a struggle. And one of the things that's interesting that Derek Favors only played 11 minutes and he didn't really have any impact on the game. He had at a couple blocks, I think. Yeah. When I say impact, good point. Good point. When I say impact, it just, it was quiet. It was, it was just, you know, True. you know, a quiet night for him, two points, four rebounds, you know, didn't get a lot of shot attempts up. Something wasn't working. I also thought, yeah, again, you said it a minute ago, this team looks a little tired. Ingles, 14 points. He was only four of 13 and three of nine. I don't know how many turnovers he had. Um, he only had one, but tough. And then Royce O'Neal, was just, it, just, it was just quiet across the board. Surprisingly, the Jazz weren't blown out by 20 the way they were shooting, but Portland Portland only shot 41, 44%. The Jazz shot 41%. So not a pretty night by two NBA teams. Yeah, I mean, we're not hating on Forrest because I think he's done his job most, I mean, almost every single time he's in. I, and I, in previous podcasts, we've talked about 
um, his ability to, to take advantage of his minutes. But it really looked like towards the end of the game, it was a four on five with um, I, I noticed this because Forrest had about three wide open looks and just missed them. And I was like, okay, the, clearly they're sending their, the guy that's guarding Forrest to go do a double team, knowing that Forrest is a little unconfident tonight. And it, it kind of showed, I mean, overall, Gobert played pretty well though. I mean, he had, I think 10 or 11 points and 10 or 11 rebounds in the second, in the first half alone. And he finished with 15 points and 20 rebounds and his presence as a defender does not go, does not go missed. I think he, between him and the, and the next person beneath him, he has a hundred more contested shots over them. And so yeah. he's clearly making impact when he's in. And that's kind of what spurred their, the, the 12 point lead at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And then when he came out is when the trailblazers started to make their run to come back. Yeah. You know, I guess you could say, Oh my gosh, favors. When favors comes in, it really hurts to jazz. The reality is you have, and, and, and we are doing this podcast as two strong jazz fans, but you have the greatest defender in the world, in right. Rudy Gobert. That's a big statement. I know I'm a homer by saying it. I know Ben Simmons is good and Joel Embiid is good. I'm not saying they're not, but he's having a historic defensive season. So even if you put in somebody else that was better than Derek, they would still be tough to, to, to keep good up point. with what Gobert does. But yeah, I mean, good call out. 15 points, 20 rebounds for Rudy in a game where the Jazz just were flat all the way around. His stat line looks really good. It's kind of hard, though, too, for Gobert to – because you see him getting these rebounds and you see him getting these these runs, and he probably gets really frustrated, and maybe everybody else is frustrated, too. But it just looked like if, if there wasn't a rebound to his hands or if he didn't grab the rebound or if the rebound wasn't directly into one of our hands, then the Trailblazers would end up with the ball. And, and, and you notice this with the ball would hit the rim and then it bounced twice on the ground, and then – Portland would run and pick it up and it just seemed like that just showed how little of hustle we had in in spurts throughout the game where where really if we just grabbed the ball and went or just even just worked for the ball it's just kind of hard to see as as an NBA fan to just see the ball bounce twice on the ground after a shot and then the other team pick up an offensive rebound or even a defensive and and I think that's yeah great point and I think that's why I had said and you had echoed back and then you said it and I echoed back that this team just looks exhausted they've asked a lot out of Clarkson they've asked a lot out of Ingles they've asked a lot out of Bogey and it's starting to catch up with them my comment late in the game was man we really needed this one so you might you might be able to rest in OKC or Sacramento but now if you want the number one seed you've got to go get um, you've got to go get those wins one thing that's pretty impressive tonight on the stats the Jazz out-rebounded Portland 53 to 39. So that rebounded by 14 rebounds and 15 offensive boards against nine for the Blazers. And they still lost. So that just goes to show that our shooting was bad because when you get that many rebounds, something's happening here. And that means your shooting is bad. And not only was bad, it was somewhat atrocious. Not mad at the Jazz, not, not overly frustrated. I mean, this is a team with 50 wins and uh and likely to get the number one seed so um yeah like so, the, real, the reality is if you play if we with conley and mitchell back and we play portland in a seven game series it's it, the jazz will win that series and and i mean yeah we're trying to fight for the number one seed it would have been great to have this win tonight so we could rest players maybe 
or give less minutes for the next two games, hoping to clinch that number one seed. But I mean, ultimately it's, it's kind of good how deep the bench runs on the, on the jazz where we can trust three or four players to just come in and, and carry the load while two all-stars are on the bench. Yeah. And so I just, mean, just before we go around the league um, a little bit and see some action tonight, another thing that we talked about last podcast kind of reared its head again tonight the Portland Trail Blazers had 16 points off of Jazz turnovers against five for Utah. And if you remember, it was like 26 to six last game against the Warriors. This is becoming a theme. When the Jazz turn the ball over, teams are running on them because they know they can beat Gobert back to the hoop and he's not there to stop them. The Jazz have been pretty instrumental in fouling people, you know, purposely fouling people on those breaks. But that's a bad tactic, too, because you get into the bonus really quick. The Jazz have to clean up points off turnovers if they expect to go deep into the playoffs or into a championship. Yeah, there was a lot of four-on-twos or even three-on-ones. And, and I guess that just shows that sometimes the Jazz mishandle the ball and it just turns into a pretty much guaranteed basket for the other team. Yeah, all those strips of bogey when he gets in the middle mm-hmm. – um, the momentum carries him out of bounds too. So he'll get the ball stripped from him and then he's all the way out of bounds on the baseline on the other side. That's, and then with somebody else being slow to get back, it's almost a five on three and it's hard to defend that sometimes. That's a really good point. Well, shifting gears a little bit, tough loss. Maybe we'll come back to it in just a second, but around the league right now, game going on that we're somewhat watching uh, the Lakers are up four at the end of three against the Rockets in LA. I think they'll go on and win that. The Rockets just regardless of, I don't think LeBron or AD are playing tonight. The Lakers still have a, a great team that will probably win that. So they'll keep pace with the Blazers for that sixth spot, trying to stay out of the play and we'll see how that goes. The Hawks beat the Wizards tonight. I think um, they clinched. I think I saw that Westbrook had 34 and 15. I don't know if he got a triple double, but he played hard tonight and Trey Young looked good. The Nets might have, man, I can't really tell. I know Harden was back tonight. They beat up on the Spurs, 128-116. Um, here's here's going to be something interesting in the East. The Cavaliers beat the Celtics, 102-94. The Celtics reeling a little bit with that Jalen Brown. And then finishing up the Mavericks, one tonight, 125-107 over the Pelicans, knocking the Pelicans officially out of the playoffs. We knew that would happen with uh, Zion Williamson being out for the rest of the season with a fractured finger. Um, but the Mavs look really good as they hold on to, I believe, the fifth spot, which Portland's trying to maybe chase them for the fifth spot. But it looks like the Mavericks will, will stay in five as the playoffs are, are fast approaching. And I think um, with that Celtics loss, the Knicks clinch a playoff berth for the first time since 2013. So that makes me happy. I like the Knicks. And so a quick little <laughs> shout out to the Knicks making making the playoffs again this year. Clearly they've worked hard for that. Yeah, fun thing about the Knicks tonight, kind of off all of this, uh, was speaking to Nate Checkets, who is a co-founder of Roan Apparel. And uh, they today signed Jimmy Butler, as a spokesperson and an endorser of Roan, which is a big move for that apparel company. And uh, Nate, the Miami Heat and the Knicks are tied right now in the fifth and sixth spot at 38 and 31. Um, they could face each other in the playoffs in some round with those seedings. And Nate was saying, I don't know what to do. I'm such a Knicks fan. 
but now I've got Jimmy Butler as a spokesperson for my company. So it's kind of fun to hear. You got to stay loyal. You got to stay loyal. But I said, listen, that's a tough one because you, you, you want this guy to, 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 you know, really promote your product. And yet you also want the Knicks to win, but yeah, a good shout out by the Knicks. A fun night for you, Spence, being a Knicks fan, um, you know, as they clinch it, you're right. They clinch a playoff berth and they're in the sixth spot and probably will hold on to that sixth spot and not be in the plan. It looks like, and also to watch Carmelo Anthony have a great game tonight. Yeah. He clearly took advantage of his minutes. I don't think he played that, that long. I know the, the, I know Portland only played like with eight players, but to see Carmelo still shooting in the, in the form he's shooting and he doesn't get down when he misses a shot and he just gets right back at you. I think there was one play that I liked. I mean, didn't like as a jazz fan, but it was Gobert and Carmelo matched up and, and Carmelo pulled him out to the three point line. And you can see Conley standing up at the bench. He was running from the jazz bench and, and you can see two great, like the best defender league versus one of the top 10 scorers of all time. And it was in, Carmelo obviously was able to do a couple of moves like he does best and make the shot in his face, but it was just fun to see some of the great players going at it uh, just uh, just in, in real time. Yeah, that's a good point. I remember that play. It actually was a two. He was just a foot inside the three-point line. Right. But what was interesting, and, and what's being said is a lot of people say, well, Rudy Gobert can't guard one-on-one. He actually is really good because people get by him and, and they think they got a layup and he just swats it away. And Carmelo's one of the few with the body control, the strength, and the ability to to get back and, and shoot over Rudy. I mean, he and Jokic are probably the only two that have that ability. And and Carmelo did it. Talking about Conley and and uh, and Mitchell tonight, the, the one thing we do say about them is what they were wearing. Conley okay. had on like a, I don't know if you heard Bahamas. Burke said tonight, but looked like almost like a SpongeBob SquarePants <laughs> shirt. Uh, it was really a funky looking shirt. And then yeah, Mitchell I, think it, had on, I think the brand is, um, I think it's like Celine or Celine or something like that. It looked like he was straight out of the Bahamas. <laughs> it's a crazy, crazy outfit for him and Mitchell. They both look spry, happy, smiling. Mitchell was chewing some bubblegum. You know, cheering their team on. You hope, uh, we've gone back and forth, you and me and Sam and our family about why are they sitting them? Why are they getting in playoff shape? The reality is you're going to have six days between your last game and your first playoff game. Um, why not take advantages of much time? Um, it, it is what it is. Mitchell's injury, when he had it happen to him a month ago, we all thought he was done for the season the way he went off the court. So I'm just happy he's even going to be back on the court whenever that is. Yeah, I mean, we look at other injuries around the league and we're just, I mean, could be worse. And I think both of them want to be on the court. I mean, obviously they're, they they love the sport. And they just want to be out there and and you got to trust Quinn. I mean, he is contending for coach of the year for a reason. He's obviously knows his players. And, and I think one thing that makes Quinn such a good, good coach is his communication with the team. And so I think there's a good communication between Mitchell Quinn and even maybe the trainers and they're kind of figuring out what the best strategy is. Um, so that's, I mean, you got to trust the process. And, and I think, I, I think it'll put us, I mean, we won't know until 48 hours before the actual game or first playoff game who we're playing, but I, I think Quinn knows his players best and knows when to, to let them um, get back in the game. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. We, you just gotta, listen, we've won 50 games for a reason. We're a great team, right. best team in the league. And uh, 
we'll see how far it takes. I think we're, we're battle tested and these guys getting able to play without Mitch and Conley has, you know, improved a lot of the game. We've seen what we have. So just, just, a, uh, just and a little note on the, on the game um, or just finishing wrapping up the game part of the podcast. I think um, just some, my favorite play was when Clark's obviously, I was obviously all my favorite play is going to be about Clarkson. He's, he's one of my favorite, but he hit a three point and one where he kind of came off of a, a pick and he got fouled while he was fading to the left and hit a three in Lillard's face, which always is fun. Uh, I like Lillard a lot. I think his longest three points tonight was 37 feet out or 32 feet out. So, I mean, that guy has range and it's, you don't, it's just, it's still kind of, we're still kind of in that stage in the NBA where it's weird seeing players pull up like it's normal from 30 plus feet. And, And so that was, that was funny to watch. Yeah, I'm so glad to, to see the streak stay alive. Yep. Um, one thing that was interesting about three-pointers, the Jazz have hit 10 or more free throws, double, I'm sorry, 10 or more three-point shots, double-figure three-point shots in 76 straight games, but it was in jeopardy until Clarkson hit a three with like two minutes to go to give him 10, and then we had two more in garbage time. I think Brantley hit one, and and somebody else hit one. That's a bookie we got on the court tonight too. Did you see that? Yeah, got a little bit of a run. It was ah. um, it was good to see that. Um, really wish it would have been garbage time where we were blowing them out, but but good right. to see them. You know, going back to some games tonight, I, I just don't know. I just don't know what the Nets are doing. You think that we're resting players? Yeah. I don't think that the Nets have played Durant, James, and Irving together for months tonight it was just Durant and James and Irving rested so LeBron James um, James Harden came back you know and had 18 points and 11 assists that team is going to be so fun to watch in the east when all three of them are playing they they have a lineup that could go undefeated all the way to the finals it'll be interesting to watch it's never been done before right I know um, when I was at the NBA working, the the Lakers, I think, came close. They blew all the way through the conference finals, and I think they only lost in the NBA finals one year. So they're going to be fun to watch for sure. I think they're fun off the court. I don't know if you saw this, but there was that video of um, uh, Kyrie kind of FaceTiming with Durant. And just Kyrie was just going off about some random subject, just like in straight discourse mode, just talking and ranting about this one topic. And you could just see uh, Durant just like like sitting there with like a blank face on, just like, what did I get into? Just listen to Kyrie just rant for like 15 minutes about just random stuff. And it's just funny, like Katie was just sitting there before making jokes about it, about like Katie's just like, what is going on with this guy? <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be fun to watch. So speaking about remaining games and playoffs so let's look at the west here really quick what this means for two more games so utah still has um a game and a half lead over phoenix tomorrow the blazers go into phoenix um and the blazers are still going to be playing to stay above the play-in. So they'll have something to play for. And clearly Phoenix wants to catch us for the number one seed. So that'll be a great game on TNT tomorrow night. But even if the Suns win, the Jazz still have a one game lead. 
if the Jazz can win out against OKC on Friday and Sacramento on Sunday, they get the number one seed. Um, Phoenix will play, I think, three more games. They'll play Portland tomorrow night, and then they do a back-to-back Saturday and Sunday in San Antonio. San Antonio will be playing to hold on to the 10th spot in the play-in. Now, if they've already clinched it by the time the last game of the season rolls around, Popovich is famous for resting players at the end of the season. So I don't know if Phoenix goes in and gets both of those in San Antonio or if the Jazz get both OKC and Sacramento, but it's going to be close. Any thoughts? Um, yeah, so I, so the Jazz have two more games left. They're the only team with 50 wins in the league. Um, you meant, Did you say that if they win the next two games, regardless, they get the first seed? Yeah, I'm sure they do because they'll go in to Friday's game with a one-game lead on right. Phoenix. They'd have to lose one game, and Phoenix would have to win two games. Phoenix, if the Jazz went out, they get it. That's, the, that's just the bottom line. If Phoenix yeah. wins out, if Phoenix wins out, the Jazz still get it. The Jazz just have to win both yeah. games. So, I mean, if we do our job, which I, I think we can against OKC and Sacramento. I mean, Sacramento's on the brink, too. I think they're 11th. So they, I mean, they're, do they even have a shot? Let me do it. They're going to be, if, if the Spurs slip up, the, the ironic thing okay, here is saying. if the Spurs slip up and Sacramento and, and lose to Phoenix, Phoenix could catch us and Sacramento could catch the Spurs. That's wow. how, that's how crazy Sunday's games will be. Both SAC and San Antonio will be playing for something, but that's good news for us because we just want the Suns to lose. Right. I just wish that we could clinch it, that number do one the, seed in rest if, players. Do you, do you know if, because um, the Mavs and Portland are tied right now. It looks like Portland has the, Port, so the Mavs, the Mavs and Portland are tied. Does Portland have the tiebreaker? I assume uh, so. I think so, right? I don't know. I, I haven't studied enough to know. I think they do. So that means that Portland... I was just thinking because if they play the Suns tomorrow, well, the Lakers, the Lakers are hot right behind Portland. It it is well, they're behind the Mavs too. They're Portland's fifth, Mavs are sixth, Lakers are seventh. Say that one more time. So like Portland's fifth. Are you sure? I think the Mavs are fifth. I think they have the same record, and Portland has one more game. Or has won the series. I just my phone just died and I lost all my stats. So I, I, I maybe not. Anyway, regardless, I think, I think your offense. I, I I think the Mavs are fifth, and Portland is is sixth, and the Lakers are right there behind them. Let me yeah. just look really. Yeah. Well, clearly everybody's excited for a. Well, you're awesome. right with with the win tonight, Portland. Portland must have the tiebreaker against Dallas because Dallas slipped to sixth. Yeah. The Lakers will win and will be a game behind both teams. But Portland, Portland's going to want to go into Phoenix tomorrow night and make a statement. The challenge is they will have traveled from Utah. They will have emotionally spent themselves winning tonight. And I think Phoenix is really upset that they lost to the Lakers. So they're going to come in and want to get that win. It's going to be interesting that, 
you look back on a lot of games this year, but getting the Jazz getting swept by the Minnesota Timberwolves is a big, big, you know, a big strike against them. I would love to see a Lakers versus Suns first round. Not gonna lie. I don't know how you feel about that, but because it, it, I mean, everybody's excited for a possibility of the Lakers versus Warriors playing game. I guess not excited is the word, but it's going to be weird. Um, and then they'll both make the playoffs and maybe the Lakers will finish seventh and the Suns will finish second. And I know like you got to beat the best to be the best, but it would be cool if one of those teams lost in the first round. Yeah. Um, well, we'll, we'll see where that goes. I, I, I think, um, I, I just, I just am really excited to see, you know, just to play anybody. I, I want to, there, you and I have debated that and you just said it, you got to beat the best to be the best, but it'd be great not to play the Lakers. But at some point you're going to have to beat somebody like that. Who is going to beat the Lakers? If we don't beat them, who's going to beat them? I think it's just an awkward time right now because the, because we got Conley and Mitch on the bench and we haven't seen them together in like 13 plus games. And so it's just like, it's like, it's like what are it's like almost like a identity crisis. It's like what type of team are we? We don't know because we haven't had our two all stars together in about thirteen games. So it's it's like it's hard to say what type of team we will be for the playoffs because we're not going to be the team we are now. And so everybody that's a Jazz fan is just like, okay, let's just get through these next couple of games. Hopefully, keep the number one spot. And then we're I think everybody's just like, okay, what does? But like, yeah, winning first place is the best. The best you can do. But like it, what does it mean? Because this isn't the team that's going to go into the playoffs, you know? Yeah. And I think you, uh, listen, you, my point is you want to win and you want to get the one number one seed. I would prefer to go in against Phoenix Suns in a conference finals, go to the NBA right. finals and have home court advantage. No matter what. Knowing, knowing that team has beat us this year um, to even just have one extra game on my home floor gives me a little bit more, um, yeah you know, confidence that we can win. So if, yeah. if I'm the Jazz and I'm Quinn, you can talk all you want about it. It doesn't matter between one and two, but I believe it does because when you face that second seed, you would still have home court advantage. I think Quinn knows, and I think he's trying to get us that. I think he's trying to get us in that position. Um, like I said, it, it's just like, it's, it's almost like nerve wracking. or just like, we're all just like kind of anxious because we just want to see our team play and that the full team's not playing right now because of Mitchell and Conley. And so it's like, what does this mean for playoffs? Like what, how are we going to adapt? I mean, obviously there are all sorts for reasons. So they'll come back and be sharp right away, but um, I'm just excited. Like it's, it's, I just can't wait for the playoffs. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Cause I just can't wait to see jazz at full strength. Yeah. Well, on that note, we will uh, hope for full strength uh, in a week or so and look forward to Friday's uh, game against OKC. We need to go get it. Um, and, uh, and then go to Sacramento on Sunday and get that win. Hopefully the next 24 to 48 hours will be a time to kind of catch our breath and rest a little bit. Um, looked really tired tonight. So uh, here's, to, here's to what the weekend brings in the end of the season. All right, great. Thanks, Dad. Have a good night. All right, you too. Bye.